Hello. Hey, everybody. Everyone. It is John and Mathis, and welcome to Hello and Adieu. <laughs> oh, that was actually really cool. <laughs> uh, we actually had a really, really fun episode. Yeah. Um, and Mathis is going to tell you what we talked about. We Guys, it's just it was fun. I hope you guys liked this one because I really enjoyed it. It was really good. It was a really chill conversation all over the place. Yeah. Um, you know, Fantastic Beast they announced is going to be a five-part series, so you can hear our uh, how excited John gets. How excited John gets, and that's mostly it for that topic. Just how excited John gets. <laughs> yeah. Um, Netflix has a really new, interesting deal that we also talk about, and then we talk about our debate feelings for you know where the election's at right now. We only have like a few weeks left, so we're gonna talk about it a little more often, just until we get to the end of it. Um, then we talk about Bob Dylan winning the Nobel oh, Prize yeah. for Literature. Yep. We have a lot of mixed feelings about that. Yep. And then we talk about a new spiritual practice from an Hawaiian ancient culture. Hawaiian practice. Yes. Yes. That's what I said. Well, almost. it is what you said. <laughs> Largely. Uh, yeah. So we're uh, tackling a a religious practice from another community, from another culture. And John gives you the breakdown, and we discuss it and how we feel about it. Yeah. We also talked about the new Rogue One trailer. Just wanted to put that in there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and you can always email us at our email at hello and at gmail.com. H-E-L-L-O-A-N-D-A-D-I-E-U at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at hello and adieu. And you can rate, subscribe, and review us on iTunes because that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. May the force enjoy. be with you. Amen to that, brother. All right. I'm at this. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, John. How you doing? Hi, Mathis. Hello. We're so enthusiastic. We are, yeah. Yeah. It feels like a I lazy know. Sunday, and it's not even a Sunday. I know. It's very cloudy where I am. Very cloudy. It's really hot where Pretty I am. Pretty dreary. Oh, well. Yeah. That's nice. It is nice. Yeah. It's. Uh, I was sweating a little bit, but I'm over it now. It's getting to sweater weather. Sweater weather here. And cracked knuckle weather. So, you know. Oh. Hey. I used to struggle with that a lot. Do you? Yes. Only because I wash my hands a lot. Yeah. Especially when I'm at school. I used to. Because there's so many germs and kids coughing on me. And then. So I wash my hands. Because I have a problem. What are you going (laughs) to do? Keep washing them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How was your week? It was good. It was really good. It was very busy. Um, Was this week the presidential debate or was that last week? Yeah. No, it was this week. Okay, we're gonna get to that in a little bit. That was yeah. a that was something. that was something. That was something, guys. That was something. Something fierce. Um, we got the Nobel Prize this yes. week, which we're gonna For, talk about in a little bit. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yesterday I went and saw the 1975 again, which was really really exciting. They really yeah. feel like my band. If I show up twice in the same year, they are your band. To see Next them, time they're gonna be like, really "Is Mathis here? Where yeah." <laughs> <laughs> and you're just gonna be like that guy in the back hey i am here i am and they're like not here oh okay they literally i just now remembered this i bl- i thought i blocked it out of my mind but i didn't they literally had the worst opening act i've ever seen perform like live in my entire life i don't know if it was a young person or if it just sounded like a young person i'm pretty sure it was a boy rapper and he he I mean he spoke like he spoke like a 14 year old but he was up on stage doing his what he called rap thing and it was atrocious like me and my friend who were there we walked out of the venue and we're like we'll come back in when he's done because no he was so bad John like he was just like shouting lyrics and he was so profane and the hype man just tried to make him sound like the coolest person in the world and I, Do you I was his disgusted. Name? No, because he never said it. Promo. 
Oh. <laughs> he never said it. And we like walked around the outside of the venue. We're like, let's try to find this guy's merch table because I want to know who the heck I need to make fun of later. And I could not, I couldn't figure out who he was. And none of his lyrics were like distinguishable whatsoever for me to look him up. So it was pretty much just noise is what you're saying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. 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 It was, it was terrible. But what was, terrible. what was really cool. And we heard that they were going to do this for the Nights of 75 was they were like, we're completely redesigning the set, uh, the set list, the visuals. So we came in with really high expectations for that. Like, okay, they're going to do a completely different show. And it, it legitimately was an almost entirely different show. The visuals were all different, like color styles, different effect styles. The song choices were entirely different. Like they, ch- they played probably half stuff we already heard and half stuff that we didn't get to hear the first time. So it was, it, was really Was it the cool. same tour as the one you went to before? Yeah, it's the same tour they're on. They, um... I'm trying to remember, but I think they added this date later on in the tour. Okay. But yeah, it was a That's blast. Exciting. It was really, really fun. And you love them. I really do. You love them. We're going to do, we were just talking about this before we started the episode, but we're going to do a, an episode about the music of the year later yeah. down the road. And uh, I'm sure that they'll rank really high, but there's been a lot of great albums this year. And um, yeah. I just like music so much, and I like them so much. You do. You do. Movie news this week. Movie news, yes. I know you're thrilled. Actually, there's nothing thrilling about this week. There's one exciting thing. False. Okay, so the first thing (laughs) that I want to bring up is Fantastic Beast is getting five movies. Well, six in total. No, five in total. It said five sequels. No, it's five total. Why would they stop at five? What a terrible number to stop at. Why? Five? Why not? It's like three. What's wrong cool, with five? Four. Cool. Six. Cool. Five is weird. Now you're just hating to hate. Uh, yes. <laughs> no, I'm pumped. I mean, okay, well, A, I, just. I'm not this pumped is like more exactly, hair- but I, I want to hear why you're pumped. We so. can all tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pumped because it's more of the Harry Potter world and we're getting it and we're getting it from the source of J.K. Rowling herself. You know, I probably wouldn't be thrilled uh-huh. if it was someone else writing it, but because she's uh-huh. writing it, it's it's like a legitimate story from the world of Harry Potter beforehand, and it's just it's what all of us uh, Harry Potter fans want. I mean, that's why I'm excited about Fantastic Beasts in general. The fact that you can call it canon because J.K. Rowling is ro- writing it—that's great. I love that. Yeah. But if if I were an exec behind the the Harry Potter universe. I would just order other movies like Fantastic Beasts set at different time periods in this world with different main characters and just continue to elaborate on what this, what the wizarding world in Rowling's mind actually looks like. But spending five movies with the characters in this movie, it doesn't excite me as much. I'm excited to continue to learn about the wizarding world, but I wish that it was going to be like, Okay, now we're gonna go back to this time period, or we're gonna go to this part of the world, and you're gonna see what this wizard did. We don't know anything about this one yet. I mean, we don't know what direction it's gonna go in, or really, we know who the the characters are in the trailer, but but we know what the plot is, and it doesn't sound like a five movie plot. Well, but we don't know where the plot goes. That's true, but that's just my general impression from it. I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm glad there's more Harry Potter style things coming, but I think it would be cooler if it was. And now these guys. And now well, these guys. Well, they could guys. still do that. Just with a different spin-off. Yeah. Maybe it won't be um it won't be incredibly fantastic beasts. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like, well, some of those characters are in this next movie. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I'm pumped. When I saw it, I audibly gasped. Gasped. Yeah, I yes. saw your tweet. I was like, "Yep, that sounds like John." There was so much condemnation in that tone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. That was a little much. I apologize. That was That's okay. Um, something else that came out was the new trailer for Rogue One, which you did not watch, which I respect. I respect right. your non-watching of trailers. You did it with 
the first or episode seven, you didn't watch anything, which we yes. talked about before. Which we talked and about. And I decided to watch the first trailer for this, and we talked about it on this podcast. And my appetite was ready. You know, I didn't need to see anything else. I was like, okay, you've got me. I'll be there. Yeah. And uh, this, the new trailer gave a little bit more. It gave a little bit more to what the story was going to be. Mm-hmm. But as I was telling you, it just looks like a stunning movie. And I, t- I was telling Mathis how excited I am for the it has a lot of like beach and forest locations which really adds a huge element to star wars because star wars in the old ones it's pretty much all in like desert planets or in space we haven't really gotten this kashik like place yet um i mean we did get kashik yeah but barely i mean it looks like in this one we're like really they're like on this planet and I, I'm just I'm excited for the new scenery, honestly. And I think it looks so different from Star Wars, but at the same time, you can tell it's part of the Star Wars realm. So I think they're doing it well, from what I can see. Mm. But there's also indoor in uh, in the sixth movie. You're right. There's but, a forest, but it does in that look one. different. Yeah, it's more like a rainforesty. Yeah, this is much like, more jungly. Yeah. Very tropical environment. Yeah. Yeah. It just looks amazing. I hope everyone's uh, getting pumped for it. Yeah. John's pumped. I can't wait. Literally cannot wait. The The last thing that we wanted to talk about, which happened about two weeks ago now, is that Netflix has a new special picture deal. Uh, for anyone who hasn't been tracking uh, with this uh, tension in the entertainment industry, the theaters don't like to play uh, films from Netflix because they are not theatrical films in their opinions. And Netflix in the past has had to struggle to get anything in theaters, like getting Beasts of No Nation to play in theaters, which they really wanted to do was really hard. And the reason why they really want to do it is because it makes them eligible for awards competitions and award ceremonies. So how that works is that let's say you want to compete for an Oscar or for a Golden Globe, you have to play in in something like five theaters at the least. Um, really, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's something. It's it's low, but now, do you think with the addition of all of these new media types like Netflix and now Amazon, do you think they're going to revise that at some point? Yeah, I think so too. Very much so. Like, because really, it, they never had to until now. But basically. Um, We'll come back to that, but just to finish up what the deal is, is that Netflix locked down a deal with iPick Entertainment, which is a very luxurious theater chain that mostly exists in L.A. and New York, but you don't really need a lot because you just need to get into one. But this company signed a 10-picture deal with them every year, which just says that Netflix is allowed to, in in broad terms, I'm sure there's a little bit of minutia to it, but they're allowed to pick 10 movies that they want to play in... uh, Thank you. <laughs> They're allowed to pick 10 movies that they want to play in theaters every year. And it's a it's it's a blanket deal. So they don't have to negotiate terms for each of these movies. Now, I'm sure that the other theater companies right now are looking at them like, you know, looking at iPick Entertainment. Like, why? Why did you do this? Like, once one person bends, Netflix has infiltrated the whole system. Hell so, yeah. <laughs> so what what we're going to see. Uh, possibly in the upcoming years, depending on how the how the production from uh, Netflix films continues to progress, is we will see Netflix original films and Netflix original shows. Well, actually, Netflix original shows have been nominated for for Golden Globes and things before, so I don't know right. how that works. But um, we'll see like Netflix original movies nominated for Oscars if they hold up. You know, like if, if they meet good. the yeah, they have to be really good movies. But yeah, coming back to what you said, it's a really old rule, and it's a really basic rule. Like, it doesn't actually mean anything. It's just something that they've always had. Right. And the reason why is because it was such an easy way to quantify, like, a real film. But it's kind of harder to quantify a real film now because people don't show up at the movies to watch their movies. This is just such a sign of our progressing society when it comes to film and tv and it's just continuing from like where netflix started because netflix was really the first 
to do what it does in regards to you yeah. know the original content um apart from tv and i mean it's just going to keep going that way yeah and i mean soon, um tv's going to be well cable is going to be irrelevant like where you have like mm-hmm. a you know a cable company mm-hmm. that gives you a certain amount of channels and a lot of people are already away from that and they just have like hulu they have amazon netflix and they just do that well it's amazing how expensive it is you know cable cable yeah yeah i know it's so even, much money even the basic level of like yeah it's like what the $60 minimal channel, a month it's, or yeah something? It's, it's way too expensive so that's what cable companies need to do if they want to stick around otherwise it's going to be like blockbuster where it's like buy felish I mean, everything just gets, everything gets uh, cycled out of the system eventually. Yeah. You know, like this huge job loss that's been going through America with over the past, like, you know, two decades. Um, you know, there's a lot of people talking about, like, when are we going to get the jobs back? And one of Trump's big things is, like, we're going to get the jobs back. And it's like, that's just, just not how, like, technology works. That's not how an economy works. Tons of jobs get cycled out as, like the world progresses it, it just happens and new jobs get cycled in exactly that's, that's why I, this is gonna get political but like when it comes to like gas like mm-hmm. it's like we're afraid to get away from the oil industry for our cars because you know they're afraid that once we get into like solar and electric when it comes to cars all the people in the gas industry are going to lose their jobs but what we're not talking about is that how oh. many jobs we're going to gain from the solar and electric coming in and one day that's going to get through our heads that like, we're not going to be lo- like, we're not going to be losing jobs. We're just recreating them into something different. We're well, evolving. The, I think right now the problem is that it actually does not save any fossil fuels to cr- like when you cycle in the creation and upkeep of solar and electrical energy, it uses like slightly more fossil fuel than actually running gas cars. So, People need to like get over in that field right now and say like, okay, if we want to do this, then we need to figure out how to like actually save fossil fuel, you know. Right. And it's not a, uh, it's not um, happening right now. Maybe like no. it is happening, but we're not hearing about it <laughs> because there's not being any progress made. No. But and you're that's totally a topic right for a different time. Oh, I, I agree. In, I agree in the philosophy of it. Like, yeah, you know, and it, it's scary. It is scary because whenever there's a massive amount of job loss due to like a company or a type of company changing. It is scary for those families. I mean, it's easy for us to say cause we're not in those companies, but um, it's like, you kind of almost have to look at the broader scheme of things when it comes to that. I mean, but life's just unstable that way. It sure is. <laughs> As we all shake in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah shaking uh, in our boots. We're all doing it. Exactly. Well, um, speaking of politics, should we yeah. move on to the debate real quick? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So nobody tweeted at us, and we don't. We're not upset about it. Rude. No, not as bad. Me and Mathis were actually texting during it, though. It was fun. We were. Yeah, I wasn't. I don't. Wasn't planning on texting you, quite honestly. But then it just I, yeah. turned into a train wreck, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" It's gonna be such a great movie one day. Like I'm just so excited for this. Like, it's not a believable movie, honest to God. It, I know. And that's what's so funny about it is like you can't even like write this type of content. I would like to hear from your perspective as a more conservative Mm -hmm. in this election, what you are now thinking of Trump going into the because the election's in a few weeks now and not saying who you're voting for. But I'm just saying like as a conservative looking at the Republican nominee, how are you seeing that moving forward? Well, we talked about this a little bit on the last episode. I, I've been pretty upset since Trump was picked as the Repu- the Republican nominee that yeah. it was him. But now I'm I'm just at the point where I'm just very furious that um, he is the man that he is, but also that like people just try to act like everything that he's doing is not unquestionable, and it's very <laughs> right. it's very disgusting, and it's been really hard to watch, and and I I try to like turn it off as often as I can because yeah. I don't I just can't deal with it. I'm very excited that this is the last month before Me the election too. happens. I think everyone is. Yeah, I'm I'm very nervous about um what's going to happen when Hillary wins because the, everything is just very um unstable. violent, unstable, <laughs> as we were talking aggressive. about shaking in the corner. Exactly. Yeah, and and I think that all these 
all of these really extreme Trump supporters are not going to react well, well to this win. And I just hope that this doesn't mean that we have more riots coming and more danger coming and, and crime against ourselves, like civil war I coming. Know. That would just make me so... Like, I'm already really heartbroken. There was... I noticed that the, the flag in L.A. was at half mass yesterday. We just had a few more police officers killed in L.A. Right. And, like, I just can't... I don't know how to keep moving, like, throughout this whole political atmosphere because it's it's breaking my heart and i it's it's just really hard to to keep going and it's either gonna numb me or it's just going to kill me right um, it's hard to have a positive outlook about our it is, current yeah. political status and it's yeah. just, it's just such a cluster um as far as the the debate goes i um going into it i was very angry at trump uh I've never heard men talk around me that way, and I know that they do, as for, regarding his 2005 tape. Yeah. Uh, and all men aren't like that, but the there's a certain there's a certain destruction that he's doing to the Republican Party, and that's what's that's what we're going to be feeling for years to come, is that right. people are always going to look back and go like, well, Donald Trump happened a little positivity and i feel like now that we have had this type of nominee for the republican party in the next election you're going to see a lot of people standing up that are saying like i am not that person and this is why you know you should vote for me moving forward and so i think we will see a new republican party in the next election but unfortunately now it is really it's turned down a bit speaking of which there is there are murmurs of this these people who are diehard Trump supporters starting their own party after the election happens and please do just fine right that's kind of how my reaction is because like unfortunately a third party can't do anything in America right now just because of the way that our government's uh, designed and I don't see a you know the two-party system changing anytime soon unfortunately no but but the nice part is is that um all of those supporters will stop polluting the Republican Party. I don't know if you were keeping up with this, but Trump is attacking uh, a lot of the Republican Party members who have stopped supporting him throughout right. this entire week. And we were talking about this on the last episode because the 2005 tape had just um, had just come out. Yeah, and then we were talking about it, and uh, we wanted to see like what does this mean for his candidacy, and it has been massively. F- ruptured it has like yeah it has really been hurt there is a long list of senators and congressmen who are republicans who are endorsing trump who withdrew endorsements like right. paul ryan every, did i think right he he didn't he didn't withdraw his endorsement he said that he's oh. very he's very upset disappointed yeah and he stands behind him because he's their nominee and he respects oh. that rule but he's not he said that he would not do anything to uh call people to vote for him hmm. and because of that Donald Trump has tweeted heavily and at his rallies has smashed heavily against Paul Ryan, like furiously, like Paul Ryan is the problem if I don't win. And it's, Oh my goodness. It makes me want to hit him so hard because (laughs) Paul Ryan is one of, first of all, Paul Ryan is respecting the rules of like, you are our nominee and I will endorse you because I have to, because this is where we're at. Not to say that he has to, but there is like this unwritten rule where you f- it's kind of like if you're the Speaker of the House and you're the Republican, you, you kind of have to. And he's railing gets him so hard and he didn't even say that he would stop endorsing him. And Donald Trump is creating this like um, point of view where if he loses, all of his supporters are listening to what he's saying and they're going to be like, wow, our party is the problem. Like that's why we lost because our party was a bunch of like pricks who couldn't support the man who could get the job done and that's not the case at all like right that, no. that's not fair against the party because trump has put them in a place where they have had to had to like bite their cheeks and like hold their tongues and try to like just get to the end of this election and it was impossible with him because he and was such is, a terrible candidate and a lot of people did support him at the beginning like those they people did. you're talking about and the problem is is it he just kept going and if he just yep. would have stopped 
he would have had more supporters. And so it's really on him. And I hope people see that, that it's not about the people that are leaving the party. It's about the things that he's saying and doing. And I think that really showed in the debate because I didn't realize it was, uh, I don't know if the second debate is always the community debate where the people are asking questions. Um, But I was so excited for that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a really good atmosphere. Um, uh, Coming back real quick to what you just said before we actually go into the specific debate. After that tape did surface, there were many Republican um, politicians, active politicians who said that he he needed to withdraw as their candidate. So I just I think a lot of this speaks to the fact that people didn't like people didn't want this candidate, but they did. And they did it to themselves because they tried to hold their tongue and they tried to, like, give up like principles by an inch and then it ended up going a mile, and now we're in this really terrible situation where he was always the man that that we thought he was, yeah, uh, and we thought and, that we could get by with him, and we can't. Right. Well, and so I think this goes into the debate because the beginning mm-hmm. of the debate, when we started texting, it was, it was such a cluster, and I, I think the problem for me was is there are questions asked by the town hall people, the undecided voters. Yeah. And I didn't see a lot. Well, here's the thing. I didn't see them really answering their questions very well. And one thing I definitely noticed was that like (laughs) Hillary would like stand and look at the person that had asked the question. And if you looked at Trump, when he answered the question, he was looking at the moderators or he was looking at the audience. He wasn't directing that individual attention to that individual person. And I think that kind of just, shows him in a bubble like he really doesn't really care about the individual people he cares about how he looks to the audience um I, it's a lot of his reality tv background too though like I bet if you're you, right if it's you watch like him just in natural news, for him yeah exactly he always faces camera if you watch him in interviews for uh, different news channels he'll be like talking to the anchor and then he'll just start talking to the camera and but politicians but think, don't talk to the camera and he does no And I think the thing is, there's this thing in psychology where if you're in a room of people and you are talking, you are going to look at the person that you respect the most out of that group or that you feel most comfortable with. And so for me, as someone that is kind of in that psychological background, um, to me, I'm like, he doesn't respect the individual person in the room. He respects, you know, the people that can get him somewhere, which I understand. It's the audience. It's the moderators. Yeah. Um, but in that moment, in the town hall debate, I feel like you really need to focus on the people, the undecided voters that are asking those questions. And so that was like one of those things as like from my background, like I just noted. It reads it reads much better whenever you're watching her perform. But I agree. It does. Um, the next thing I want to talk about in regards to the debate, and I first want to preface like I really want to come across neutral in regards to talking about this debate, because obviously yeah. if you listen to the show, you know who I support in this election and I right. don't And that hasn't keep... changed. So no, and it hasn't, but I don't want to come across as this super, super Trump hater and that everything he does is wrong because I think he has done a lot of things, not a lot of things. He's done some things right in this election. Um, actually that's not true either, but um, I, what I, I don't want to come across as like someone that's, I just want to talk about it so that I can hate on Trump. I want to talk about a neutral sense. And so I hope yeah, that this doesn't come across as like, well, before you get going, um, let me say one thing that I think that Trump did right. And I don't know if everyone else is going to consider this something that he did right. Okay. But he got so far as a non-politician. And I think that he really opened the door for people who are not politicians to possibly be our president. Someone like Carly Fiorina who is a totally uh, legitimate candidate, and I, I honestly wish that she would have been the candidate, either her or Rubio. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I think that because this happened, there might be a possibility that people who have yeah, never... Yeah, I agree. It does carried, open it up for more yeah. people. But do you think that it's okay for an outsider to come in and run the country? That's what I was going to say. I don't know if everybody oh. agrees with this, because some people think that that's not I think, okay. I think I, I really like the concept of it, but I also think that what... Trump has shown and I what I think anyone who wasn't a politician coming in would show is that they don't quite understand every aspect of what it would take to run a country in regards to policies and talking with foreign leaders and I think that that is so important and I think that that is something that comes with political experience yeah and so that's my only uh 
quarrel. It's the only That's problem right with word. it. Yeah. Yeah. But I would love to see someone, an outsider run the country. And, but I think they would have to really learn up on it before yeah. going into it. Cause that's what has shown, I think has been the downfall of the, you know, Trump coming in as a non-politician is the fact that he really just doesn't have a handle on what it would take. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But anyways, let's get into what you thought. Sure. So, um, pretty much one of the only other things I really wanted to talk about this debate is the fact of Trump talking over Hillary. Yeah. Um, which is, I feel like is okay every once in a while. Cause in debates you're going to get heated and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to want to say that's not true. If someone's saying bad things about you that aren't true. And I get that, but there were so many times, especially towards the beginning when I was texting you, where like, she would just be talking and giving her, um, answer to a question and he would just talk and talk over her. And I was like, dude, like, come on. Like she's respecting you. Like you need to give her that respect as well. Yeah. And it was just, it was so frustrating just to watch. And I'm, I know I'm not alone. I mean, I was on Twitter looking at everyone's like things on the, um, the debate and everyone was like, dude, like you need to take a chill pill. Like, yeah, we need equal respect here. That's what we need in these debates. And you need to let her talk and then you can have your time. Well, I thought the moderators actually did a pretty good job throughout the debate yeah. of like trying to keep them in question. Both of the candidates, like your time is up. You need to stop talking or like, that's not what we asked you. You need to answer this question. Yeah. And I, I especially respected it from Anderson Cooper. Um, but what, would, what I would say is that if Trump didn't do that, he didn't stand a chance because right. the only thing that he could do was try to shut her down as quick as possible. And it, it infuriated me. I'm not saying that I'm glad he did it because I was coming into that debate with so much like, I mean, borderline hatred, definitely rage. There was a lot of rage in my heart right. going into that debate. And every time that he would like start talking, I was like, you need to shut your mouth. You need to shut your mouth and let her finish because it's not your time to talk. And I don't care what she's saying about you. You need to shut your mouth. But I also think that he would not have performed to that degree if he if he had just obeyed by the rules and i say perform to that degree because a lot of democrats and a lot of republicans who don't support him and obviously those who do said that trump won the debate and it's because they didn't they didn't judge it i see your face they didn't judge it based on like don't give it away <laughs> they didn't judge it based on like who actually was the most presidential they judged it off the place that both of those candidates were coming into the race with. So Trump was coming in with like a dead campaign and he actually came out of it as unscathed as he possibly could, like the lowest amount of scathing that he possibly could. And then people were mm -hmm. like, wow, his campaign could have totally ended tonight. And he's still somehow standing because of some. I know. I don't know if that's a good miracle. way to gauge a debate though, you know, cause you want to gauge a presidential debate on. Maybe not, but these they... were the commentators and you and me are just, you know, John and Mathis. And these were we like sure the people on M uh, MSNBC, some people on CNN, some people on Fox. They were like, well, he actually won. I and highly disagree. I, I mean, do too. But I was also just looking at it like, okay, if we just disconnect from everything that's happened in the past yeah. week, like Hillary's actually giving some quality answers here. I don't agree right. with half the things she's saying, but she's actually explaining what she's going to do. I know so she's that's, giving a that's really the problem I have with the whole situation yeah. is that there is no policies coming from him. It's oh, yeah. mainly like, I was not so her. annoying. It was. Cause I mean, that's, that's honestly like what I was watching it for. I was like, okay, this is your chance. Like yeah. these are like undecided voters telling like, really like you can convince them to vote for you. Yeah. If you just tell them what you're going to do and there just wasn't that element. And I really did want that for him. Yeah. Um, I did too. As much as I was just, angry at him, I was like, explain a damn policy, please. I know, I know girl. But I mean, even if I don't think that he has any policies because he hasn't really shown that he has any policies in this entire political race. But even if he did have policies, he was so inside of his own head in that debate that he could not have sputtered them out. He just right. kept saying the same things over and over again. Like, you know, there's nothing bad that's going to happen to our country. If I'm here, we have to kill ISIS. Hillary created ISIS. I'm going to kill ISIS. Yes. We have yes. to kill ISIS. Like, 
Oh my God. Like, did you, yeah. Did you see that video of that someone put together of them singing a duet of oh, at the time yeah. of my life? Yeah. Those, I don't know why that was just the funniest thing. It was amazing. It was the it best really thing about was. the entire debate. Oh, oh you know goodness. what the best thing about the entire debate was actually. Tell me. Ken, Ken bones. bones. <laughs> yeah. Ken. Yeah. Bone. That's I know. That he's, guy. he's pretty viral. This guy. He is. And I think everybody was seeing him before he even stepped up. Like everybody was yeah. seeing him in the footage. And that like, guy that was like sleeping that in the background. Oh, I didn't Did you see, see that guy. <laughs> I saw so many like screenshots of like, they would do like the overall picture and then it'd zoom in on the guy in the back and his head's just down. Like, I don't know <laughs> if he was praying or like contemplating, but his head was down. <laughs> he was gone. Have you, have you watched any of the interviews with Ken Bone or looked at his, like, his no, Reddit AMA honestly, or his Twitter? No. I saw that all that was happening, but honestly, like, John, he's not, so I'm funny. Not, is he? Because he's just, he's so quirky. Like I know. He does look quirky. He looks just like a character and, like... He does. An animated movie. He looks <laughs> like a know. Pixar character. He really he does. He does, yeah. He was in a CNN interview after the debate, and the anchor was asking him, how did you decide on your outfit, Ken? And he was like... Well, let me tell you, I had this real fancy suit that my mother would have loved to see me wearing today, but I seem to have gained 30 pounds since the last time I wore the suit. So I got into my car and I ripped the entire pants open. So you're looking at plan B. And he's just got this like... He's quick. This completely unlike pleasant, uh, you know, nonchalant look on his face. Yeah. He's like... So the red sweater, this is where we went with it. This is this is the the second idea. It was that vibrant. I had. We needed that red color and the you know, the sea of grays and dark blues. Yeah, exactly. The and debate starts bone. and everyone goes, Who's that guy? <laughs> that guy who, really who stuck he? out quick. I really, really enjoyed the last question from That's the right. Talent Hall people. I just like this is the question that I feel like we've all been waiting for because especially because they didn't shake hands at the beginning of the debate. Uh-huh. which was very uncomfortable to watch. But oh, yeah, it was tense. Yeah, and she sat down, and then he didn't sit, and it was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. But the last question was, I want you to say one positive thing about each other. And th- I feel like this is just such like a social worky thing to do. Like, I could see my mom saying this to me and my sister yeah, exactly. when we were younger. It's so true. It's like a parent with two, like, fighting siblings. And it's like, you will sit in this room, you will hold hands, and you will say one nice thing about each other. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're right. That's what we were all looking at, and we were saying that's what we want to see. Yeah, and I mean... Uh, Trump did a better answer than her, though. I, only, I do agree. Yeah, and, and even all I the commentators were saying that. They were like, well, Trump had... A, she did not do well. I, I'm, yeah, I wonder if it's just because she didn't really... I'm sure she hasn't had a lot of good thoughts about him in this whole no, race. Yeah. And so I'm sure in her mind, she just wasn't ready to, like think of something positive he shot out he, a much he better did answer, answer really well and i was he like did. that's why i'm voting for her because she's a fighter <laughs> 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 um but it was it was uh, it was an interesting debate it was entertaining to watch but it was frustrating i mean if i didn't care about our country i would have been having a real fun time <laughs> exactly watching i'm it. sure everyone in every in like canada they're like lol yeah lol, lol. but Maybe. the next debate is on this week i think on the 19th is the final debate. So maybe next week we'll talk about it again. If you guys I mean, like we it. might as well. Cause we're not going to talk about politics for the next four years after this month. You're right. Like this is and, the end. Thank God. I'm enjoying, I mean, I'm enjoying talking about it. Yeah. You know? At the very least I'm enjoying talking about it. Yeah. Hopefully you guys are too. You can tweet at us if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, but moving on last week, we talked about the Nobel peace prize. Oh, here we go. And guys. since then the Nobel prize in literature came out. And this is one I'm actually very excited about because I do love literature. And so I was just I remember exci- last week you were like, ooh, the literature yeah. one's coming out. And so I was excited to see, like, what came out of it. And so they announced yeah. it. And do you want to say it or do you want me to? Go for it, John. So they gave the Nobel Prize in Literature 2016 <laughs> to Bob Dylan, now in quotes, for having created new poetic expressions within the great American song tradition yes and i tried so hard to look in to see like why they actually gave it to him because i get the sentence yeah but i thought they would have like an elaborate article about it and there's nothing <laughs> no and that was the same with all of the the uh the winners whenever we were like no, talking about there's like a whole physics like the, the chemistry ones they had their articles there but i read everything on like time magazine uh the new york times like i could not find a lot on 
you saw things on the Nobel site for on them? the website. They like had a link to like Ugh. their stuff, but in this one, there's no link. It's just for having created new expressions. But I, will, I watched the announcement video mm-hmm. because I thought maybe they'd talk about it there. And this is what the lady actually the announcement was in like Swedish or something. So that I don't know what they said, but there's an interview with the lady who announced it after in English. And she said that they gave it to him because he embodies tradition that he reinvented himself with the times in his music. And that's about it. But are you now, kidding me? Yes. I mean, pretty much. That's not even her, why he won. That's not even the title of why he won. Like the phrase of why he won. Sorry. Keep going. Well, that's what they <laughs> said. And so, I don't People know if you know want to go I feel first. About it now. <laughs> yeah, right. But I, I tried to think like, should yes, he did write these songs, these poetic mm-hmm. songs. But when does it classify as literature? Because to me, yeah. yes, you are writing, but you are writing a song, and song to me is not literature. I guess you could. Is, they could is be poetry. Considered Yes, but I feel like he didn't write this as a group of poems. He wrote it as songs. You know, I feel like there is a difference. Unless he published yeah. these songs as like in a short story book, then I would understand. Right. But in my mind, I'm really struggling with this idea of giving him a, a Nobel Prize in yeah. writing literature when he just, when he just, when he's written songs. And I think there's definitely an argument as obviously there's an argument as to why he won it. There is. I feel like I'm not seeing it when there's so many other actual writers of poetry, writers of literature who could have won it and they gave it to him. I guess that's where I'm having trouble seeing. I don't mind that he gets an award for writing, but the Nobel prize for literature is where I'm struggling. If it were a Nobel prize for the arts, there I, you go. That, I would still I would be. I would still be. Eh, but I would be much more willing. Like the same yes. as you. I'd be more like, yeah, that makes sense. But I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it depends on what do you quantify as literature. What do you quantify as poetry? Because it's a song poetry. What like, if Kanye wins one day? You know, because his stuff is very. I'd be like poetic. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, I know you love Kanye, but I feel like no, I actually would not want him to win. But, uh, yeah, and that so that's what I'm kind of saying. Like when, like where do we draw the line now when it comes well, to right and literature? That's, and one of the controversies that has come up with this, as far as like the where do we draw the line argument, is like, well, high art is what won that award bef- award before, not pop art and not lower art, and folk songs. As far as like, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, like social classes and art. It's like. Bob Dylan is low art. It's not like things that changed the art landscape. It's a bunch of pop, folk, rock songs. And I know why I he he captured a generation. He is a huge piece of American culture, but it's yeah. like when a rock star wins, it just doesn't feel right. Other we were looking this up before we started. Uh, other American novelists who have won in the past include john steinbeck uh ernest hemingway t.s Eliot, and uh faulkner yeah these are all guys who who did write actual books for one literature yeah but then you also i mean do you consider those higher art than bob dylan or do you consider them the same level of art i know there's an argument but yeah it's like i, I guess it's maybe we d- just haven't even like thought of the idea of like music being literature and maybe this is supposed to challenge us and maybe yeah, like in a month maybe, we'll be like yeah. i now understand but right now <laughs> i just see it as like music and maybe they should you know have a nobel prize for music or even the arts like you said um because i feel yeah. like there is there should be a prize for that type of art but uh, not for literature. Like, I just feel like there's so many other great things. Cause now like, what if they give it to like yeah. a screenwriter one day? No, if, like that would be amazing. But like, is that considered literature? That is you a know? really good question because it, it, in some ways it's more literature in some ways right. it's less literature because exactly. screen screenplays are, they're it's not soulless, work. but they're not, they're not soulful right. and music's Ooh, girl, music's That's at least soulful. But it's not literature. It's not. Right. It's not a written work at the end of the day. 
Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I'm listening to it on my radio. I'd be very interested to ask a like a writing major. I have a few writing major friends. Maybe I'll ask them what they think about it because you know, someone from the literature world. Anyone who's an actual book nut must hate this. I feel like. Yeah, because they're like, I wrote six books last year. Yeah, exactly. They were murder mysteries about my cat and our goldfish. Where are you right now? What was that? (laughs) Oh my goodness. I've been watching way too much Doctor Who. Oh, way too much. That explains so much. Yeah. And Alonzi. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on. Well, before we move on, I just want to say that whenever we were covering the Nobel Prizes last week, it mm-hmm. was so hard to find anybody talking about those awards. They yeah. like it was like, okay, I, I don't why is nobody talking about that this happened? Not only like in my friend circles, but like I can't find articles about it anywhere. And I yeah, was even like, reading we don't care. Yeah, it was like, we don't care. And I was even reading the, the physics winner. I was reading this ar- like follow-up article on, I think, the New York Times. And the author of the article was like, I'm offended that these guys just made such a huge breakthrough and nobody else is talking about it on any news outlet. And it makes me really infuriated that this, that we're this talking about the election. We're talking about the riots. We're talking about the police killings. Yeah. And nobody gives a shit about the Nobel Prizes. It's like the things that will help us actually evolve in our consciousness and in our minds. We're like, uh, we don't care. Yeah. Can we actually celebrate the people who are changing the world? And I think the sad thing is, is I understand because like as a viewer of like social media, the things that will get me to look is not like the Nobel Peace Prize or the Nobel Prize for physics. You know, and I think that's just what we need to like retrain ourselves to think what we think is worthy of our attention. And I think social media is the huge problem of it because, you know, it's all headlines and clickbait about celebrities. And um, it's just it's what we're into, unfortunately. And hopefully there's a shift in our paradigm and and our consciousness to be like, we need to actually focus on what matters and what will progress our society instead of these things that just make us angry at each other. And I mean, you know, and and what makes me really sad is that, you know, I saw that the Bob Dylan thing was announced and then I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. And then it was all over my news feed. It was all over my Twitter. It was all over my Facebook. And I was like, oh, now you guys give a shit. Here's the thing. I think it's the things that divide us that we think are that get this type of attention, because obviously this thing divides people. People think he should get it. And most people don't. And it's the same with all the celebrity news. It's like some people are really into, you know, this scandal and some are. It's the things that get people talking are the things that. And that's true. Yeah. And yeah. Because pe- even with a scandal. won't divide many people. Exactly. <laughs> except for like three people that are like. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. They're that like, George should have won for his creation, you know. <laughs> right. And everyone else is like, I don't know. They anyone just hold up their like diorama <laughs> from second grade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a dinosaur. Yeah, you're right. Because even with scandals, it's like everyone wants to cash in on their opinion you know right. it doesn't matter that this celebrity <laughs> that to that celebrity doesn't matter that this celebrity is in a feud and with no this one celebrity. has an opinion about chemistry because guess what no one understands it except for <laughs> except for chemistry majors i mean that just that just makes me think that bob dylan even more so is grouped with this lowest yes. not like yes, common denominator of culture it's like okay if we're mm-hmm. all talking about it it's almost like, well, if you're going to go by no one's talking about the Nobel Prizes and we're talking about Bob Dylan, like, the fact that we're talking about it means that he shouldn't have won. Preach it. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, that connected with me on a spiritual level. Oh, gosh. I, I know. Needless to say, probably, but I'm not totally against the Bob Dylan one, but I'm probably, like, 70-30. Yeah, and maybe we have to just let it marinate for a second. Yeah, you're right. And Maybe you know, we'll have that epiphany in a month that you were talking about. Right. Well, guys, we will keep you updated <laughs> <laughs> on our epiphanies. Um, but until then. But until then, moving on. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want me to go into this? Uh, yeah. Okay. Go for it. So one thing that I wanted to do, and I kind of brought to Mathis last week, is I really want to start looking at spiritual practices from different societies and cultures because since we do talk about the Christian society and culture so much, because that's where we're from, um, I almost, for me, I find it like almost a little bit stale now to keep talking about just that culture. And so I really wanted to look into other 
um, spiritual practices and see how they deal with things like this next one, forgiveness. And so this is from, an, it's an ancient Hawaiian practice. And once I try to say the word, you're going to be like, oh yeah, that's definitely a Hawaiian word. And just how it's spelt. <clears throat> so it's called Ho Pono Pono. And it's spelled H-O apostrophe O-P-O-N-O-P-O-N-O. Ho Pono Pono. Probably something like that. Actually, that actually sounded real good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's the only time I'm actually going to say that word because otherwise I'm just... it's I'm, Yeah, we'll just say the I'm practice. I'm going to flubber it up. Yeah. Flubber. So what it is, flubber, great movie. Great movie. So what it is, is it's this practice of forgiveness, but mm-hmm. it is described as a practice of, and not just extended family members, but this is the main example they give. It's a mental cleansing, family conferences in which relationships were set right through prayer, discussion, confession, repentance, and mutual restitution and forgiveness. Good word. I didn't make that up. I am no, reading. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this is what it is. It's it's almost, it's in the same essence, or I should say the same grouping, or like how I vision it is like an intervention, but less, which yeah. we'll talk about after, because I do want to talk about that aspect. Um, but the process of this honoponopono begins <laughs> with prayer. Did I do it, guys? Any Hawaiian listeners out there? Perfect. Um, so it begins with prayer, a, and then a statement of the problem is made, Um, And the transgression is discussed among the family members. The family members are then expected to work through those problems and cooperate. Um, It says that there may be one or more periods of silence for reflection on the entanglement of emotions and injuries. Um, Mm. And then everyone gets a chance to acknowledge their feelings on the subject. And then when the confession happens, there's repentance and then forgiveness takes place. And then there's this uh, release and letting go of that problem in that family circle. And they said that at the end, they have this feast and this ceremonial dinner where they eat together. And it's just this symbolic, you know, imagery of release, you know, where they let go of what the transgression was and they move on. Um, And the reason why I like this. I love it. I, I like just the imagery of it. Yeah. Um, and I think that this would be such a just, especially in our USA country, USA. I feel like, A, we don't talk about our problems in our families. And I think that what this does is it gives you the space to talk about those things, a safe place. Yeah. Where, you know, there's a group of people and you talk about the, th- the things you have wronged each other on. But in the end, you come together and you say, I forgive you and you just let it go. And then, and I just feel like that's so healing. And obviously there's probably people who are pessimistic about it, which there's a part of me as well that is pessimistic about it, where like people won't actually let go of it, where, you know, it'll be in that moment. You'll be like, yes, I forgive you, but then you'll still like hang on a little. But I feel like if you actually go through this ceremony and, you know, do it with the right intentions, I really think it would be like this huge just burden of release. And I just love the aspect of having like a family dinner afterwards where you just like have a communal meal Mm -hmm. and just laugh and tell stories. And, you know, it just seems like such an amazing thing. And I, unfortunately we just don't have that level of forgiveness in our society and we like to hold on to things. Um, But yeah. Well, I think it's all about the, it's all about the space that you create, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what actually could lead even more so to forgiveness in, um, in a society in a family circle, in a community. Because I think, like, the bi- the big word that I kept thinking while you were explaining, hoponopono, pono? Something like that. Okay. All right. Something like that. Mm-hmm. When you were explaining something like that, the word that I kept thinking of was respect. Not only yes, it respect is. for each other, but respect for what forgiveness is and respect yes. for people's feelings and respect for the problem. Right. And when you create that space, you're saying... I respect everybody who's sitting here and I respect that this is like how you actually come to conclusions and come to forgiveness. Yeah. And the, the feast is a really good element. I agree because it's, it's the actual practice of forgiveness because you know, you can refer to uh, most religions and a feast is usually synonymous with joy and synonymous with celebration. 
community and, and just community. Yeah. Those love. are like, yeah, love, all of those things. So it's, it's actually the practice of being on the other end of a problem. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, obviously no culture is perfect and I'm sure that they no. believe a lot of things that I think should not be believed <laughs> because I am an opinionated fellow with my own set of beliefs and I don't care. <laughs> but, um, here's the thing about forgiveness. It is a, it is related to the spirit and it is an act. It actually is a universal quality that should, that should be respected. And that is, uh, largely it holds the same significance in any religion uh, community individual and if it doesn't then it, it should it actually is a, a huge part of the spirit that everybody can relate to going back to the intervention aspect where it was the first thing mm -hmm. i thought of i think there's a distinct difference because with an intervention you have a group of people coming to confront one individual and I think the difference between that and what this is, is that it's a group of people, not it's just a group of people coming together, not coming against one individual, but coming together and allowing, you know, just the transgressions to be openly discussed. And I think it's the difference is that it's not the group coming towards one person, but it's that community coming together as one and talking about it. It's such That's a, it's awesome. such a bonding experience yeah, I'm and you know like not not from someone who practices it obviously but it's such a bonding experience and it feels like such an em empowering experience and i feel like it does you know for anyone coming into it it's like well my opinion is valued here exactly and i you think know? this could easily be done with a group of friends um, yeah, totally. even like a church that has yeah. you know had like a, a scandal of some sort and they just really need to come together and discuss and openly just accept each other and accept the problem and then let it go. I mean, there's so many instances where this could be like yeah. such a powerful thing. The Yeah. The hard part is, and here's another reason why I really like it because it's making things as like nurturing and uh, empowering as it possibly can, because this is never an easy thing to do. Right. So you actually, you have to create a space that makes these things as easy as possible. So let's say that there is a scandal in a church you better believe that nobody wants to talk about that. <laughs> right. Like, and you don't, I don't blame them because it's, no. it's awful. It's awful to have to persecute somebody for that. You know, like persecution. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get them a hanging, but it's burn at the stake, get the rocks. But it's one of those things where it's like, if we, if they don't talk about it, it's over. Or if it's yeah. not over, it's just going to create the most disgusting feel in the air that you can imagine. And you have to like make that you have to make that scenario something where people can actually sit down and even if they're not in the right mind space, like everyone in like the for the most part, people in there are trying to get into that that headspace. Yeah, you know, I, the, and there's I don't know like when even just thinking about my own personal experiences, like I don't know if your family ever did this, but we we've had family meetings in the past where we like sat down and we talked about the future and things that were going on or like if if chores weren't getting done or like if budgets were going to get cut or <laughs> things like that. Um, but there's something else to it. So it's like, we were all sitting there, but it's, and I think the actions are a huge part of this practice, but you do have to have that mindset. And I love that you start in prayer and I love that you stop to think like, and the, the fact that there's silence doesn't mean that the meeting's over. So there's right. like, there's a lot of steps there that say, you're ba you're basically being forced into respecting the situation in in a loving way you know mm -hmm. yeah i think respect was the big thing that i think is necessary for this to actually go well you know? yeah yeah but I, but i just wanted to talk about it i thought it was a neat little thingy thingy my bobby it is yeah it, it definitely is i like it a lot yeah let's wrap it up yeah so thank you for joining us uh for this episode of hello and to do chip 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 you can uh email us about our episodes or you can email us about future episodes for things that you would like us to discuss our email address would be hello and adieu at gmail.com that's h-e-l-l-o-a-n-d-a-d-i-e-u at gmail.com i spelt it right this episode you did thank yes. goodness 
And uh, you can also tweet at us. Tweet us about the election, which is almost over. Tweet us about any spiritual practices that you might want us to discuss. Yeah, that's a good one. In the future. Um, if you're excited about Star Wars. I mean, literally anything that, that literally floats your boat. Like, tweet us about it. And our Twitter handle is at hello and to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes. That'll help other people start uh, listening to the podcast and enjoying whatever it is that we talk about. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you for stopping by. Thanks, guys. I bid you adieu. an adieu. Adieu. To you and you and you. You. No, you. Okay, bye. Bye.